Hello and welcome to According to John. Today we're going to talk about what happens on Tuesday as we go through the timeline of Passion Week. I am your host, John Westfall. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we will get started. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you and love you. Father, thank you for this day, this time that we have. Father, thank you for giving us your word that we can understand what Jesus went through as he went through Passion Week. Be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so as we look at this, we're going to be on Tuesday. We're looking in Matthew chapter 21, verse 23. Matthew chapter 21, verse 23. And this is a long, this is a long day for Jesus. So we're going to be covering a few chapters here. And I'm not going to land anywhere and stick to anything very specific. I'll just give you the highlights of what's going on so that you understand what he has done. And as we look at Matthew chapter 21, we're on Tuesday again. And let me, I'm, I'm trying to get my, my Bible open here because I, I, I want to use it as well as I'm using my notes. And, uh, and just, we're going to cover a lot. So just hang in there. And I think that you will uh, appreciate this. So on Tuesday, it starts out in Matthew 21, 23, where Jesus's authority is questioned. That's where it starts. And so it says here in 23, uh, now when he came into the temple, the chief priest and the elders of the people confronted him as he was teaching and said, by what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Verse 24, but Jesus answered and said to them, I also will ask you one thing, which if you tell me, I likewise will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, where was it from? From heaven or from men? You know, Jesus always asked questions. And I think the reason that he asked questions is because whether you acknowledge the question, whether you answer the question verbally, you answer it within yourself. Well, anytime there's a question, we're forced to answer it, whether we speak it out or not. And so he asked them, well, here in verse 25, after he asked them, where was it from, uh, from heaven or from men, the baptism of John? And it says, and they reasoned among themselves saying, if we say from heaven, he will say to us, why then did you not believe him? <laughs> like they, they have figured this out and they're going, daggummit, he's got us. I don't even know how we're going to answer this. In verse 26, but if we say from men, we fear the multitude for all count John as a prophet. And so they answered Jesus and said, we do not know. And he said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. So Jesus is like, look, you don't give me an answer. I don't give you an answer. But if you give me the answer, I'll give you an answer. And so since they bailed out, Jesus said, well, neither will I answer you. And so it starts there. And then he goes into verse 28. In verse 28, it is the parable of the two sons. And basically, it's one that's disobedient and one that it has delayed disobedience. And, and so he asked them uh, which one 
is, uh, you know, which one listened. In verse 33, he goes to the parable of the wicked vine dressers, and he teaches this parable. And basically the parable is that there's a vine dresser who, who owns a vineyard, and he sends his stewards in to uh, collect the money and they kill them. So then he sends another one in and the people kill that one as well. And then he says, surely if I send my son, they won't kill him. They'll give him the money. And of course the the vineyard owner sends the son in and they kill his son. I'm going to pick up in verse 43 and it says this, therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God, this is after the parable. Therefore, I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a nation bearing the fruits of it. He's telling the Jews, if you don't want to believe, we'll take it to someone else. And that someone else is the Gentiles, ultimately, as we read through the scriptures. Verse 44, he says, and whoever falls on this stone will be broken, but on whomever it falls, it will grind him to powder. And he's talking about those who believe in him versus those who don't believe in him. Whoever falls on the stone will be broken. Remember, we got to die to ourselves daily. But on whomever the wrath of God falls on, Jesus being the judge, remember, in through scripture, we see that Jesus is the judge. They'll be ground to powder. Ultimately, they spend eternity in hell. Now, when the chief priest and the Pharisees heard his parables, they perceived that he was speaking of them. See, again, they're not slow. They get it. But their pride, their pride is going to ultimately destroy them. Verse 46, but when they sought to lay hands on him, they feared the multitudes because they took him for a prophet. So once again, they're not going to touch Jesus, mainly because if they touch him now, They haven't got the crowd on their side yet. And we know that literally within a few days, the crowd will be on their side and will turn against Jesus. But as Jesus continues to teach on this Tuesday, we we will see that everything he teaches is literally telling them how to get to heaven and the importance and the benefits of going to heaven. And so Tuesday being a long day, he shares so much with them. Then in chapter 22, verse 1, it's the parable of the wedding feast where he invites those to come in and then they tell him, oh, we're too busy, we're too busy, we're too busy. And we have other things to do, more important things to do. And then the father of the groom and the bride say, hey, listen, tells his servants, go out and anybody that will come in, you bring them in. And again, this is a teaching that if the Jews don't want anything to do with him as Savior, then it will the door will be opened for everyone. And that everyone is everyone that's not a Jew. So that would be for the Gentiles as well. And then... In verse 15 of chapter 22, he uh, talks about paying taxes to Caesar because now they're challenging him and saying, hey, do we pay taxes? 
And of course, Jesus gives them wisdom, uh, uses his wisdom against them because they're trying to trap him. In verse 15, then the Pharisees went and plotted how they might entangle him in his talk. They're trying to trip up Jesus. And of course, Jesus says, hey, give to Caesars what's Caesars and give to God what's God's. In verse 22, it says, when they heard these words, they marveled and left him and went their way. They're like, dang, that didn't work. We're going to have to try something new. So then in verse 23, the Sadducees. Now, the difference between the Pharisees and the Sadducees are the Pharisees believe in God and the Sadducees don't. Therefore, they're sad, you see. any rate, bad joke, right? I know. So in verse 23, the Sadducees, they're going to try and trip him up. And that goes through verse 33 of chapter 22. And then in chapter 22, verse 34, the scribes, come to him and they're like, Hey, what is the most important commandment of all? And of course it's to love the Lord, your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And then we see in verse 45, he says, if, uh, or 46, he says, and no one was able to answer him a word, nor from that day on, did anyone dare question him any more. And so Jesus' wisdom shuts them down. But then we get into verse 23, and 23 is, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. And he starts calling them hypocrites. Literally, chapter 23 of Matthew, he unloads on those who have been opposing him. He talks about how the Pharisees put all these religious burdens on the people and yet they don't even observe them themselves as he goes on uh he he's literally he's just blowing them up in chapter 23 then we get chapter 23 verse 37 and it's and he's crying out for jerusalem he's lamenting for jerusalem here in 37 he says oh jerusalem jerusalem the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. 39, he says, for I say to you, you shall see me no more till you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus is crying over Jerusalem his whole desire is to save Jerusalem. Remember, the Jewish people are his chosen people, and they want nothing to do with him. We see in verse 24 where Jesus gives the prediction of the destruction of the temple. We see in 24, 15, Jesus discusses the great tribulation and what that's going to look like. And then we see in verse 24, 32, he gives the parable of the fig tree. And then in verse 45, he starts with the faith, uh, the faithful servant and the evil servant and verse 20, uh, chapter 25, verse one. And that I want to look at this because again, what we see in the passion week is Jesus is trying to teach them, deliver them, share the gospel with them. He is doing all he can to capture their attention and 
people don't want to hear it, especially the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the chief priests, so on and so forth. We get into chapter 25, and it's the parable of the wise and the foolish virgins. As we look at this in 25.1, I want to read this because I want us to understand what Jesus is trying to get across and what his whole point is, the time is at hand and we need to be prepared. We need to be ready for the day. And so in 25.1, he says, then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now, five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Verse five, but while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Verse seven. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered saying, no, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. I think those would be the most devastating words. And yet there's going to come a day when people are going to look at Jesus and they're going to say, but Lord, Lord, didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we do this in your name and that in your name? And he's going to look at them and say, away from me, you worker of iniquity. I do not know you. Verse 13 says, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the son of man is coming. I just want you to see, guys, the importance of being ready. I think that we are in the days of Christ's return. I think the end times are in our face. As I'm watching the news and I'm seeing everything that's unfolding, and I'm not going to get into any of that. But if you are paying any attention at all, you will see, according to Matthew 24, if you were to go back and read that, because he teaches that, right? The, the great tribulation, the end times, the, the end day is what it's going to look like. And if you go back and look at that, what you will see is he is describing today's events. And in verse 13 of 25, chapter 25, he says, watch, therefore, watch, be diligent to pay attention. That's what he's saying. For you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. And so be ready, be ready. And then he goes in from 25, uh, chapter 25 to verse 14. He gives the parable of the talents. He teaches that. And then in 31, he teaches the son of man will judge the nations. He's like, he's telling them, listen, he will be the judge and he will judge all the nations and all those who don't believe and what will happen to those who do not believe. And of course we know through the scriptures, they get cast into hell. And so he is spending Tuesday and just, we see that Tuesday is the longest, hardest 
day that Jesus has, but he teaches the most, and it is so significant. And so if you have opportunity, let me encourage you to go back and read all the events that happen on Tuesday and what Jesus says. I think you will gain much value from it. Chapter 25 ends with the Son of Man will judge the nations, and that's 2531. And in 2531, it says this, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats and he will set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, come you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and gave me drink. I was a stranger and took, you took me in. 36. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food, and I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not take me in, naked, and you did not clothe me, sick and, you, and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Assuredly, I say to you, and as much as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. I want you to understand that the righteous are those who have believed in Jesus Christ, and then they serve others in his name. That is what separates them. Not all the works. He's just pointing it out that the righteous do the things of God and the unrighteous don't do the things of God. And the righteous inherit the kingdom of God and the unrighteous inherit the kingdom of hell is what happens. Guys, let me encourage you. Read chapters 23, 24, 25. And see where Jesus is giving them all this information that they need to understand the truths and the necessity of believing in him and having salvation or being born again, as John chapter three says. Guys, please don't be like the virgins that weren't prepared, that when they show up and they beg to be let in and he's gonna look at you and say, away from me, for I never knew you. Hey, I pray that this has helped you. And if it has, please like, share, subscribe, and follow. Until next time, God bless.